high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown. We're back. The NHL. Oh, my God, did I miss it. It's on tonight and tomorrow night. If you're an Oilers fan, you learn the truth at 17 in Vegas tomorrow night. High above the Las Vegas sand right now, probably. The Edmonton Oilers getting ready to tie the record and then break it. I was going to use Dancing Queen as part of the intro because they mentioned, you know, Dancing Queen, Young and Sweet at 17, but I just couldn't, I couldn't make it work and it's kind of, you know, so I didn't. I went with Janice Ian's Learn the Truth at 17. I hope you don't mind. We're back after the break. It's a sprint to the deadline. Orders are buyers. How aggressive should they be? I'm going to give you my ideal roster, ideal trades for all the spots they need help in. And we'll do that in a little while. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for amazing deals days until February 16th only. 0% financing for up to 60 months on select remaining in-stock 2023 GMC Sierra Halftons plus a $5,000 cash discount. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. 2023 GMC Sierra. Very nice. You can reach us at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada, Apple and Spotify podcast too. Text or call us 1-833-401-1440 on Twitter at Low Tide and at our friend Declan Kruger, who is back. We have Rachel Dory as a guest in hour number one at 1240, Jason Greger at 120. We will preview the NHL tonight. We've got a few rumors coming up uh, at 1220 and... Well, he's back. I don't even have to introduce him. Captain Hornblower over there. What is, every orifice you have makes some kind of brutal damn noise. Well, to be fair, the one thing I'll say in my defense is it's generally just my mouth and nose. I don't know about every orifice. I'll, I've I heard rest- it all, man. <laughs> I kind of I, I think to your those toes two. creak. Yeah, they're probably, probably right. Mm. I remember when they said to me, you'll be working with the producer in the same studio as you. And I said, because apparently I didn't know Tommy the trumpet over here, I said, I said, oh, that'll be fine. I'll be able to take care of that. I'm a broadcast professional. I didn't realize it's snooty drawers with the constant sneezing, the typewriter that goes, I mean, it's, it's, it's electrified. It's like, it's like Brian Eno's keyboard. It just makes the weirdest sounds, but you can hear it. It's audible. Man. I do have to give you a lot of credit because, in theory, you'd think, like you said, oh, I'm a professional. Like, this can't be that much of a deterrent. But, like, to your credit, I'm over here. I'm typing away. I'm sneezing. Like, and you just push through it. I give you a lot of respect. Well, for that. and I mean, you're calling your bookie. You often pick up the phone and, you know, take pizza orders. I don't know what the hell you're doing over there, but I hope you're getting paid for it. That's all I'm saying. Man. I'm working. I'm working. You I'm bet keeping, you are. I'm keeping things flowing. Okay. Um, I loved All Star Weekend. I tell you, I I used to, I was a kid. I watched that. I loved it because I would never get to see any of the California Golden Seals uh, unless it was the All Star Game. So they'd roll out Walt McKechnie or Carl Vadney or whomever, and I'd be thrilled to see them. And then Greg Polis would win the car. But I got to see these guys, and really, honestly, there were only a few times you got to see some of those teams, like the Washington Capitals. Rarely, you know. So it was a good time. Last uh, this weekend at All Star Weekend, I loved McDavid uh, in the skills competition. Everybody said, "Well, he, he he writes the script and then he wins the million. It's not like that. 
they, what they talked about, as I understand it, was getting more skill into the into the events, and they had that, and it was exciting. You're telling me that that Connor McDavid crossing over and breaking the speed of whatever the hell it is, sound or light, either way, he did it, and he's amazing. Like that kind of athleticism is is very. We're not going to see that twenty years from now because he's going to be like whatever that would be, forty eight. And he's not going to be able to do what he can do now. Enjoy this. This is a spectacle. This is like, this is, this is the ultimate. It just is. It's like being at Sun Studios in 1956 when Elvis is singing. Or you're at the Cavern Club in, when the Beatles are going in Liverpool. It's, it's that special. It's well over the stones were doing whatever they were doing it. It's that special. It just is. And I thought it was great theater. And good for Team Matthews winning. And now Toronto finally has something they can put a banner up about. So it's all good. It was a wonderful time. And I enjoyed every minute. And I don't usually. I, I'm usually here to pummel it and, and be, make fun of. I didn't do that. I won't do that because I enjoyed it. They did well. Good job, Gary. And all the um, sponsors go to that thing. And they were fed and watered for another year. So Gary will be happy. All is good. And his interview with Ron McLean was um, surprisingly civil. I watched the Grammys only a bit. But the good thing is that people kept sending me what I missed. The Tracy Chapman bit was, oh, my God. I, I was, it was an emotional thing to watch because she's so talented. And, you know, time flies. I remember when Fast Car was first out, I bought the album. I think I, I don't know if I bought the 45, but I bought the album. And I played the hell out of it. And... I remember because I thought when I first heard Tracy Chapman, I thought she was kind of like Joan Arbitrating. But, and, and there's similarities, but Tracy Chapman just had her own style and her own music and her own sound and, and her, her own written music. And as time goes by, you, you move along in life and you kind of forget about that. But I loved it. I loved seeing her. She's so talented. And then Joni Mitchell, uh, who is a, like an icon, was... And I know people were like, okay, well, you know, but it's important that she did that. I love that she did it, and it was fantastic, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. And to celebrate Joni Mitchell and all of her wonderful music, I think, was just absolutely put the icing on the cake of the Grammys last night. Loved them. It's important people know that inspirational artists and people who can lead come from where they live. And Joni Mitchell comes from where you live and where I live. And, and that's important. That's important. Universal health care came from the prairies. Nickelback came from the prairies. I know people, oh, my God, Nickelback. Don't. Look, they're wildly popular. Katie Lang. I know that the whole beef thing ruined, you know, everybody's uh, appreciation of her in Alberta. But she's a fantastic artist. We need to get behind these people. We need to be proud of them. I'm proud that Joni Mitchell comes from my part of the world. I'm proud that Katie Lang comes from my part of the world. I'm proud that Declan Kruger comes from my part of the world. One day he'll be on some show winning an award for sounds he makes just with his own body. I don't know what that show will be, and I do not know what the award is, but I know that I'll be able to say, I do that guy. Okay, enough of that. Oilers at the deadline. 
right-handed defenseman, apparently. Carrier in Nashville has been mentioned. Right-handed center. I keep saying Jake Evans. Don't know if that'll happen. Number two, right winger. Jake Gensel will be the big prize. And then a goalie. I said Cam Talbot last week. People didn't respond to that very well. But what if they got all of them? What if the what if Ken Holland just said, "Man, I'm on the highway. I'm in a Bruce Springsteen song, and I'm everybody's got a hungry heart, but I got the hungriest. I'm going for it." So they get Gensel and Talbot and Carrier and and Jake Evans. Would you be happy, or would you prefer to keep the powder dry? I think this is the year. I wrote about it in the Athletic today. This is the year you go. I usually say. Stand back. It's in honor of April Wine, but I usually say stand back because what you want is a team that you can build and build and build every year. There are reasons that I wrote about them today, including Leon Dreisaitl's contract negotiations and the new GM coming in and others. There are reasons why this should be the last chance Texaco. You are you, The trade deadline is the last chance Texaco for the Edmonton Oilers. If you ever wanted to win it, you know, they're four goalies deep right now, man. You want to add a fifth? Well, what the hell? And you've got, like, seven good defensemen? Add another one. Broberg can go to the minors. And you want a center? Get a guy. And get a really good right winger, Jake Gensel. If somebody gets hurt, Fogel can slide up. But in the meantime, he's helping out the third line. And, you know, if Corey Perry plays well, maybe Connor Brown doesn't. Giddy up. It's time to go. It's go time. And you're going to have a... a, a Bushel full of first-round draft picks when Connor McDavid retires or leaves. This is the time. It is. I'm so, I would sing my way right now, but I, I, I'm not very good at it. This is a very pivotal moment in the history of the Edmonton Oilers. Need to stand and deliver if you're the management. Did you hear about Lanny McDonald? Was this one to me? Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yes. Sorry. Whenever I say that and I pause, then it's real. <laughs> I figured, yeah. but sometimes, you know, sometimes I don't answer. Well, sometimes and then you get I ask the... the question, I go, do I want Declan to answer or not? But in this particular case, I envisioned you say, say, saying something. Yeah, totally get that, by the way. 100% agree. Uh, I did hear the news. Very, was, very sad. He was, was it Calgary he was walking through the airport? Yes. And yes. these two nurses helped him out. But I mean, it was a it was a cardiac event. It was very serious stuff. But he's, all, you know, he, 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 was an Instagram, I believe. And Lanny McDonald is such a legend. Even even fans of teams like the Edmonton Oilers love Lanny McDonald. And um, I happen to have a lot of people that I knew over many years uh, in Medicine Hat. So I know the entire story of my father-in-law, massive Medicine Hat Tiger fan. So he told me about Stan Weir and Lanny McDonald and uh, when when he met his wife down there and all of that. It's, it's, it's legendary... Stories of Medicine Hat, Lanny McDonald's involved in, Kelly Rudy too, and others. Uh, Trevor Linden, sure. And so it's good news, and we're we're sure thinking about him and hoping that he's okay because uh, universally loved guy. The AHL skills competition went yesterday. I saw Raphael Lavoie do one event. Looked like he was having a blast. That's the important thing. I don't know about recalls. I know Holloway's up here. Uh, I think Broberg might come up if there's a need. They Eventually, if they're going on a road trip for any extended period, they're going to need a seventh defenseman. That might be Gleason again. Maybe it's Broberg. Not sure. 
Low Tide, being the big Expos fan you're all, you are, thoughts on the Quebec government planning to dish out almost $900 millions towards that stadium? I've heard something that might cost $2 billion to tear it down, though. Well, here's the deal. It's a terrible baseball park. Uh, park Jari, Jari Park, was a much better baseball uh, stadium for the Expos. Um, if, if you're putting a new roof on it, is it retractable? Are you, you know, because there were pieces of cement that were the size of small towns falling off of that thing last time anybody inhabited it. So let's make sure that everything's locked and loaded because it's an old building. It was built in time for the 76 Olympics. My math isn't great, but I think that was almost 50 years ago. 48, right? So probably 50 years ago, Jean Drapeau started inviting people (laughs) to bid on the contracts. Oh, my God. That takes me back. If you were reading a newspaper in the mid-70s, you knew too much about Olympic Stadium being built. A guy I worked with for years, Bruce Bedford, worked on the sound in that building, like putting everything together. And and then he moved out here uh, to Edmonton and spent many years at CFRN. I know that's not, like, vital to the story, but I wanted to pass along. I'm emptying out all of the containers of knowledge that I have today, apparently. If they added a fenceman and cut Dehardice playing time, that would hurt. But here's the thing. You add Carrier, and what you're doing is you're insulating yourself against injury. If you're trying to win the Stanley Cup, I wrote about it in the Athletic article today. If you're trying to win a Stanley Cup, you need to be playing chess. That means that you're, you know, well, you've got Warren Fogle playing second line right wing. You bring in Gensel. Maybe Fogle never sees the second line during the playoffs. But you've got, you've got an uber-talented guy who can slide in if necessary. Same with Carrier. You know, you've got Broberg on the farm. Carrier here is the seventh defenseman. You have both a left and a right defenseman who are bona fide, plus Gleason and all the other guys. You're you're locked and loaded, but you're you're you you are also making sure that you have pieces to slide in that are ro- logical and reasonable, and and might be able to play. You know, Sam Pollock did this every damn year. He did hateful, hateful, hateful depth that the Montreal Canadiens had every year. You know, and they they'd get well. Phil Roberto looks good, and then he'd be gone to St. Louis or something, and there'd be another guy, Chuck Lefley or Yvonne Lambert. That's that's what the orders need. They haven't been close to that kind of depth. But if they, you know, I wouldn't mind a right defenseman. And you can keep Broberg on the farm. That gives you eight guys. You're gonna need. You're gonna need eight. That wouldn't be a situation that cut Dana minutes, though. Well, I'm not suggesting that. I think when people talk about tra- making a trade, they're talking about replacing Cody. Replacing Cody Cece. I'm not the guy who's suggesting that. I don't see a guy out there who is obviously an upgrade on Cody Cece. And I think Cece's... I, I, I know a lot of math people who are down on Cece. I don't see a better option. And and some math people are saying everybody's a better option. But I'm telling you that the, the amount of minutes that he's seeing against elites with Darnell Nurse suggests to me that you might, acquire, you might trade Cece out, acquire a guy who is a lesser player, slot him in with Nurse, and have a poorer result. Are you sure? Because when you're saying, well, he's got a 54% Corsi and his expected goals are 56 in wherever, in Cucamonga, you know, or Walla Walla, Washington, or Newport News, channeling Bugs Bunny there, you're not talking about the same minutes that Cody Cece's playing. Are you sure? That's why I am very happy 
the Edmonton Oilers have Michael Parcotti because he, he's got information access, I'm sure, that, that nobody on the outside does. And that's a call that I think you do need to be really uber-informed about that. So if you're, if you're Jeff Jackson and Ken Holland, you have that at your disposal, and hopefully that's what they're doing. Here Candy says, I bristle at Sam Pollock. Me too. I always did. From 71 on, where he calls out Ken Dryden, and he plays in six games and then just stops all pucks until the Stanleys won. And then he won the Rookie of the Year the year later. The only thing he did that I loved was he sat out a year. That was my favorite. He out-Pollocked Pollock. Pollock had to give in, and he never gave in. I reload tied. This is chess, not checkers. You bet. Because th- this is this is the, not just the greatest chance they've had, because I do think this team is better. The The coaching staff is good, but they're also getting the new coach bounce. The, the, de- the defensive system they're playing is working, and nobody has MacGyvered against it yet that we've seen. The players who are the best players are having good years, but not out of sight ridiculous years. They could turn it up in the second half. They could turn it up even higher in the playoffs. Lights out, man. Blast, blast, blast. I don't know why all these songs are occurring to me today, but they are. All right. Okay, have we figured out our show? I believe we have. This is how it's going to look. On the way, Hockey Rumors, Rachel Dory is going to join us. She's going to help us with this Oilers situation, who they should deal for. We're going to talk about the trades that have been made already and maybe her opinion on the All-Star break as well. Uh, and then at 1 o'clock today, we're going to look forward to tomorrow night. See the lines and pairings, and we'll have that uh, in the next uh, segment as well. At one twenty, Jason Greger will join us. And at one forty today, Mama MMA from our friend Declan. We're going to make him work as always. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Declan's back. You can tell because the music is terrific. Now, having said that, wasn't like we didn't have terrific music while he was gone. But that's a stellar, top-drawer choice, sir. Well done. The Lowdown is brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for amazing deals days until February 16th only. 0% financing for up to 60 months on select remaining in-stock 2023 GM Sierra half-tons, plus a $5,000 cash discount. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. All right, so let's start here with, this is from Gregor, who's on at 2 o'clock today, here on Sports 1440, down at the rink. Kane on the ice after missing yesterday. The lines go like this. McDavid with Nugent Hyman, Dreisaitl with Kane and Fogle, McLeod with Holloway and Corey Perry. Remember him? Yeah. It seems like so long ago that he played. Uh, Derek Ryan with Yanmark and Brown and Gagne, your extra. Nurse CC, Ekholm Bouchard, DeHarnay Kulak. And then he goes on to say that Stuart Skinner will start tomorrow. And they're trying for, I learned the truth at 17. I can't do the Dancing Queen one because it's, you know, I don't want to sing that all day. But there are a few songs with 17. 17 W's would tie the all-time record. And then they can move. If they can win 17, I think they're going to win 18. And then you're just looking at, forget about it. Forget about it. You know what I noticed online? When McDavid won the skills competition, Oilers fans were cock of the walk on Twitter, and Leafs fans were very defensive. And then when 
Team Matthews won the game. Why? It switched around. Leafs fans were like, okay, strutting our stuff. And Oilers fans, well, I was fixed. It's uh, They cheated. And ordinarily, a host in my chair would say, this is disturbing. But I think it's great. The, when Toronto and Edmonton meet in the Stanley Cup finals this spring, Canada will, I mean, it would be a good time to invade because we won't care. It's like, remember the Simpsons episode where everybody went to a meeting about uh, home security and that's when the robbers went out? <laughs> Canada will not care about anything. If Toronto plays the Oilers or the Jets, but the Oilers especially because there's McDavid there and all that. If Toronto played Edmonton in the Stanley Cup Finals, Canada might burn down. And I'm not saying that in any way other than, you know. I, I just, the the amount of of absolute vitriol that I saw on Twitter from both sides on the weekend, that's why you're a sports fan. You know, when I was young, I lived for Stampede Wrestling on Saturdays. Why? Because grown men would pick up a chair and hit another grown man over the head with it. What's better than that? And, and you know, even when I found out that it was scripted, I didn't care. I just, I, I, there was a time in my life when Tor Kamada was enemy number one. And you know what? I miss him. He was the guy I cared about. That's sports. You know, the Calgary Flames in the 80s, I hated them. I hated them. I mean, I hated them. I remember listening to the radio. I lived in Red Deer. I remember listening to a pregame, a preseason game, where Mark Messier, I can't remember who he, like, concussed, but he hit him from behind, concussed, six-game suspension. I was cheering, man. I was so happy. I hated the Flames. But you know what? When they won Stanley, I called my father-in-law, who was a Flames fan, and I congratulated him. I said, Dad, congratulations. I'm glad your team won. And today, when we found out about Lanny McDonald, I was so happy that he was okay. Because in, in life, sports is where we can let it all hang out. You know, we can get rid of the rage in the cage when we're watching Stampede Wrestling or watching Austin Matthews and that ridiculous mustache if you're an Oilers fan. And I don't know what fault Leafs fans find with Connor McDavid, but I'm sure there's something. Did you see what he said? On Skills Night, I think it was David Amber, who's a brilliant broadcaster, said it's nice, you know, got a lot of fans here, a lot of, you know, it's a full building, a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans, and a lot of Oilers fans here too. And McDavid never said a word about the Leafs fans. He just said, yeah, great to see so many Oilers fans here. They travel well. Hopefully we can see them in uh, Vegas uh, when we get back to playing. That is, that's like a shot across the bow of extreme beauty. Extreme beauty. They asked Ted Williams one time, Boston Red Sox, you know, what the greatest feat of his career was. And he talked about batting championships and other things that he'd done. They asked Joe DiMaggio the the same question. And Joe DiMaggio said, they said, what's the greatest thing about your baseball career? He said, the greatest thing about my baseball career was that I was a New York Yankee. That's, That's the quote. That's the money. That's the headline. That's poetry, man. I love it. When Connor McDavid said, I love the Oiler fans travel well. If you're an Oiler fan, you should be very proud of that moment. That's a guy who gets it. 
you don't be, be talking about the Leafs fans. Talking about your people. Tribal. And it's in sports, so we don't get, you know, ridiculous to the point where actual violence occurs. Except for the fake, you know, stampede wrestling chairs. That I loved it. I loved it. Low tide, it was Jamie McCown. He hit fine. <laughs> Messier was filthy. I loved him. He's my favorite all-time oiler. There'll never be another one like Messier. Messier was the guy who, like, something would happen on the ice, and you'd go, well, damn it all. And before you could say it all, Messier had already, like, done something to harpoon the guy. There was no no quarter given. It was like war. He Messier was, he couldn't play today. He'd be suspended in the anthem of the first game. Not a chance. Role play. This is from Bones, who does this all the time with us. You are Craig Conroy. Wow, I'm dressing much better than I did when I was low tide. Emboldened by your haul in the Lindholm trade, how far do you go by the deadline? Tadav, Hannafin, Kadri, Markstrom. What I would do is I would figure out if I could sign Hannafin. For me, he's the key. Hannafin is the key. If I can sign him, I do. If not, I trade him for as much as I can get. And then what I wouldn't do, and Tanev is going to go, but I wouldn't trade anybody who had a contract like into next year because you have to play and you have to be competitive. And so you you want, you like the, the kids you're going to draft this summer are not going to be ready for at least two years, depending upon where they finish, but probably two years. And they're going to get a nice player at the top. But two years, let's say. So you still have to have people play and you still have to be competitive and maybe you make the playoffs. Colorado did. They went all the way down, got Cal McCarr, came right back up, won the Stanley. You can do it. There's no reason to say I'm going to do three years. Darcy Regeer said it. He said, I'm worried that if we miss the playoffs three years in a row, maybe we miss it 10 years in a row. And then the Oilers went out and did just that one thing and proved Regeer right. Low Tide, did I miss the 1220 uh, trade rumors? There, there isn't a lot. Uh, I was going to talk about Dylan Holloway getting called up. Uh, by the Edmonton Oilers, and he's on the third line today. Um, we know about the two trades that went down between the Canadian teams last week, and we are going to talk to Rachel Dory about that. Um, Svechnikov in Colorado or Carolina is not on the ice today, as I understand it. Um, the Islanders are going to get Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak back soon. Uh, Joseph Wall in Toronto is starting to get, you know, on the way to back, uh, David Camp is hurt. Things like that. There's there's stuff when when they're off for nine days, as a lot of teams were. You're coming back now, and there were guys who were hurt, like Evander Kane, not 100%, missed yesterday, not feeling well. That's the news items that you're hearing, but there's nothing that I saw that was just absolutely spine-tingling. Not yet, anyway. Maybe that'll come. So the rumors thing was basically the lineups Holloway's back um I could mention that you know the news out of the the London uh news conference today is a little light because a lot of it is just the minutia of trial but Chris Johnston I'll pass this along he 21 minutes ago he said London police chief Ty Trong extends his sincerest apology to the victim of the alleged sexual assault committed by members of the 2018 Canadian World Junior Team and her family for the amount of time that it has taken to reach that point and we talked about it um, last week, I believe, about how long these things take and how long it has taken. And 
part of this, when we look back, was public outcry. And this was, at some level, I think, solved from the hockey side. You know, there had been inquiries, there had been, you know, things that had been said. And then people just said, well, wait just a minute. And that got the ball rolling. So when you say, well, what can I do? Or what kind of difference can I make? Well, here's an example of people. And this wasn't, I I don't think it was driven by any specific person in the media or anybody like that. This This was organic. This was people saying enough and speaking up, whether they be media or just people or anybody. It became a big deal. And once it becomes a big deal, then even if his case closed, there is going to be further investigation, and that's exactly what happened. Keep that in mind. Because unfortunately, there will be other incidents down the line. Okay, it's 12.35. Just checking the clock on the wall. At 1 o'clock today, we're really going to go through the Oilers' schedule, what the Oilers have, who's going to start, what the lines look like, what we might see in terms of tweaks as the rest of the time leading up to the deadline occurs, including possibly a recall of a defenseman because they're going to need somebody for road trips. That's all coming up at 1 o'clock today. Jason Greger is at one twenty, And on the way, Rachel Dory from Staff and Graff. We're going to talk about the Oilers, the deadline, and a few other things I think you're going to be interested in. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Joined now by Rachel Dory from Staff and Graph Podcast. Did you did you enjoy the All Star Weekend, Rachel? Uh, yeah, I, it was a great experience. Obviously, I live in the city, and um, the city was buzzing all weekend. It was a fantastic atmosphere. There were a lot of great events, be it the fanfare, um, various people hosting things at Nathan, Nathan Phillips Square. Um, yeah. Overall, I, I was really pleased with the weekend and obviously the cherry on top being Olympic participation. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's a, that's a great story. I liked it because the, the, the skills competition was fantastic. McDavid wins that. And then I liked the, the Matthews versus McDavid because I, I will tell you that I live for the day when these two teams, Toronto and Edmonton, meet in a Stanley Cup final. I think Canada might melt, but it would be a great series. Oh, yeah, that would be the biggest contributor to global warming in a very long while. Like not to mention the fact that the GDP of the country would tank that year, because I mean, when you think about it, 25% of the population lives in the GTA. And if the Leafs are in the cup final and they're facing another Canadian team, like nobody's going to work. No. no, So uh, yeah, I would, I would actually, I'd love to see it. I think it'd be great for the game. Yeah. I think, I think the Simpsons might invade Canada during that time because nobody's going to be paying attention to anything, but the hockey series, um, so last week there were two trades, uh, Calgary and Vancouver, and then uh, the Habs and Jets got together. And I can see the points on both sides. Some people said that maybe Vancouver gave up too much, but you, you're somebody who really analyzes these things. What was your take on those two trades? I think both teams gave up too much. I think Winnipeg gave up far too much, and it was probably a reaction to missing out on Lindholm. And I think uh, Vancouver gave up too much. Having said that, um, I think – Part of this is an insurance policy on Elias Pettersson. 
mm-hmm. because it obviously doesn't make any sense to have Lindholm, Pedersen, and if you believe Miller is a center, then Miller, like you can't have an eight and a half or eight million dollar third line center. It doesn't work like that. So I think this is almost an insurance policy is if Pedersen stays, maybe they keep Lindholm and move Miller to the wing. But if Pedersen doesn't stay, then you can roll with Petter, uh, with Lindholm and, and Miller. And so I think if you don't re-sign Lindholm, you gave up way too much. Uh, if you do re-sign him, then it's probably a decently appropriate amount. But obviously then you might risk losing Pedersen. The other question I have, and you know, you know, you've worked in, in hockey when things like this are occurring, so you're a team that maybe needs a center, and two guys are off the board. Do you think a player like Adam Henrique will go soon and for higher than estimated because they're running out of centers quickly because they're falling off the map? I think you saw that with Sean Monaghan, right? The Jets yeah. moved really quickly, and they definitely overpaid. Um, I think with Adam Henrique, I don't know that necessarily they're going to be in a rush. Like I wonder if Anaheim says we're happy to wait and create a bidding war. Now you could always risk injury. Um, So I don't think I'd necessarily do that. I mean, if Anaheim gets offered a first round pick for Adam Henrique in a package that they like, I don't think that there's any sense that you, you hold off to create a bidding war, especially when you consider that a player could get hurt at any given point. Rachel, the, the Oilers are rumored to be involved in with a lot of right-handed defensemen, real or imagined rumors about Walker in Philly, Carrier in Nashville, Tanev in Calgary, maybe Wah in Los Angeles. Um, and the assumption is that at some point that would be to replace Cody Cece, so he'd be going out, maybe not with all of those characters, but some of them at least. Uh, how much of an upgrade are, are any or all of those on Cody Cece? I think Walker is is an upgrade and Matt Roy is an upgrade. Um, I think it depends. If you're getting Cody Cece at the peak of his talent, like when he plays well, uh, he's pretty good. He's obviously not like a top four defenseman, but he's he's a contributing player. I think Carrier, um, he's having a good year, and I'm not sure he's a long-term solution for Edmonton. Whereas I think if you could get somebody like Walker, like Matt Roy, they could be somebody that actually comes in and, and fits well. And then uh, your right side looks a little bit better. Uh, you, obviously, you've got Bouchard, but um, from a defensive perspective, getting in somebody like a Walker or a Matt Roy, I think it'd be really helpful to, to anchor that second pair with Matthias Ekholm. Um, I think that could be a solid fit. Do, do you, like, trading in the division, it does happen. We just saw it last week with the, uh, Calgary and Vancouver, but LA and Edmonton, you know, the, uh, they'd have to be well out of it, right? Like assured of not having any chance to make a move like that in Los Angeles, and they'd have to be overpaid by plenty. Well, I think LA may be a little bit different because they have such a plethora of young defensemen, right? Like you've got Brent Clark coming kind of thing. And, and so at some point, they're going to have to create room for these young players in the lineup. And the only way to do that is by trading guys out. Obviously, Drew Doughty is not going to be one. So I think you start looking around and um, you land on Matt Roy pretty quickly. So I do wonder if there's a match there. Obviously, I think Calgary is a little bit different. Both are in the division, but one of them is like in the same province. And there's a bitter, bitter rivalry. Chris Hanna, of all of the defensemen that we've talked about, is so clearly the best one. Like that is a top pair defenseman. And that's really the end. I think Edmonton would, would have to overpay. Uh, in that sense, but 
there's also a rumor that Vancouver might already want to move on from Nikita Zadorov. Um, could that potentially be a fit? Now, <laughs> Vancouver does not like to trade NHL-ready players within the division. So I wonder about that. But I think Chris Tanev is well above in terms of options when it comes to a Walker, a Roy, a Carrier. Like, I would take Tanev over all of them. We're a month away now. Any of these trades recently um, that you see possibly being, uh, you know, and you mentioned Zadorov, it like where, where a team makes a trade for a guy and then either drops out of the playoffs or sees the fit isn't there, um, kind of double traded? Or do you think these guys are going to land where they've landed now and stay there? I uh, know I can see it. I could actually, I think if Kuzmenko rebounds, I could see him being traded uh, for sure. I could see Calgary flipping him. I I could see Vancouver moving on from Zadorov if they don't think that they're going to be able to re-sign him. Um, that just kind of is what it is. It's it's hard to tell kind of right now because with the way that the NHL point system works, you're, you're never really out of it until maybe March. Um, and so by then, at that point, you need to have all your options on the table. I, I don't think flipping players is something that teams like to practice just because – um, word gets around if a team likes to do that and then players don't necessarily want to go there. But I think we could see a situation where Noah Hannafin is dealt. Uh, it's Chris Tanev. Like, we're looking at a situation where basically the Calgary Flames are going to get rid of 90% of their core. Are you, like, is, is there a, somebody asked me a question and I said I wouldn't trade any of the guys who are under term for next year because you got to play somebody in Calgary next season, but is there a is there a point at which it, they go too far? Like if they can't sign Hannafin, they trade him. They trade Tanev. Is is it is that a good idea to trade everybody? If I mean, if you're getting decent prices, even though they're futures and they won't play for a couple of years, it is better to get something than to get nothing. If you know that you're not resigning them, not hum and haw. Let's see what happens. If you know for a fact you're not resigning them and you do not get rid of them while you're not a contending team, like obviously there are contenders Boston should not do that. Um, Colorado should not do that. But if you're in the place where Calgary is and you're very clearly not contending for anything and you know, you can't resign a guy, it, it is poor asset management and borderline unacceptable in my opinion to not trade them. Give your young player, call up Jan Kuznetsov, let those young players, you're, you can get veterans back. You could take a bad contract back for those guys to play. And then you have prospects, right? Like Coronado is going to play a bigger role next year. Connor Zary, maybe Sammy Honzek makes silver roster. Uh, Jacob Pelte is hopefully going to be healthy. Like you have guys that can come in, but I look at it and I say, if you're not actually a contender and you just let guys expire without getting any value for them, you should lose your job. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it starts now, right? I think I asked you this last week, but with those two trades that we just had, Oftentimes, you know, the, it'll it'll trickle in and become more of a um, an accelerated trade deadline. But I feel like there's a lot of teams that, that think they have a chance that can be bad because the pool of talent isn't there. Uh, but do you see an aggressive week ahead here, or do you think it'll it'll be m- closer to the to the trade deadline in March when we see a lot of activity? I think probably not this week. There's a lot of teams on a bye week. Um... I think what we'll probably see is maybe like the third week of February. We'll see some stuff. We'll see some, some movement or some rumbling start to 
to get going here. Um, and then uh, leading up to the deadline, I think that week before the deadline is really when things start to get crazy. Like I know I was, I was carrying around an extra phone battery and basically not even sleeping when I worked in front offices around trade deadline, just because at any point your GM can call you and say, I need you to look at this or I need you to look at that. Or what do you think of this? And you got to be ready to go. So final question for you, Rachel Dory from Staff and Graph Podcast. I watched uh, some of the Grammys last night, most of them on video on YouTube, but I loved the Tracy Chapman and the Joni Mitchell. Uh, Declan, he was listening to uh, um, New Order, so he didn't even watch the broadcast. Did you see it, and did you like anything there? So I just huddled and didn't watch TV or do a single thing yesterday because I I was having sensory overload and I've got Super Bowl this coming weekend so I just needed a couple couple days but then um, I heard that Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs were going to be singing and so I flipped my TV on for that I thought that's incredible I'm a big I play guitar um, so I'm I like my music and I thought that was absolutely fantastic to see Tracy Chapman. And then I would be remiss if I didn't say that one of my favorite parts was Taylor Swift announcing a new album. I cannot wait for that. Old guys like me, I not me personally, but old guys like me are being critical of the title of the album. It doesn't mean I don't understand why it would be an issue. Do you like the title of the album? I, I'm not a big, like, I don't really care what the album title is. I care if the music on it's good. And uh, last time I checked, Taylor Swift has had no bad albums. So, I, I mean, you can just put your fist through a keyboard and whatever comes out, comes out, and you can name it as far as I'm concerned because <laughs> if the music's good, I'm listening to it. Well, all I know is I'm looking forward to the Lana Del Rey country album, but I'm sure the Taylor Swift album will be great too. Thank you, Rachel. Have a great week. You too. All right. Rachel Dory, Staff and Graph Podcast. See, now, now she, is a, she loves Taylor Swift, and that's okay. Nobody's nobody's getting upset about it. When you were gone, Declan, uh, your your fellow uh, the Donovan who who uh, sat in for you, uh, he took on all of the Swifties. Uh, would you like to respond to that? Would you have done that if you were here? Well, first of all, I just want to commend him because that is an incredible task. Yes, uh, that does yeah. that, does, that is not for the faint of heart. He that said takes, not all of them, and he started. That <laughs> <laughs> takes that takes strong will, a lot of guts, yeah. a lot of resilience. Yeah. He is absolutely on the right path. He has my. I'm with him. I'll stand okay. with him in that battle and take on the Swifties yeah. by his shoulder. He also attacked organized organized religion. Would you like to go there as well? Ah, can't be doing that. I don't think. Okay. But you know, right. again, well, that's my guy. I'll stand by his shoulder. Well, you know what? You're oh. a, you're a stand up friend, man. Um, so you're going to have an update on the the London information, right? Because it's sort of in real time. It's difficult to get a a a, a keen view of this. I'm also seeing that that. Some names are heading, like CFL free agency is coming up, and um, offensive tackle Jamarcus Hadrick apparently is headed to Saskatchewan on a two-year deal, and that's from Parhan Lalji. So uh, ordinarily all of the stuff that happens is not on my show, but maybe luck of the draw or Farhan, we're going to get some information that is highly, highly valuable here. Hmm, that's pretty interesting. Your your rough rider's got an offensive tackle. Are you happy about that? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Anytime you can bolster an offensive line. The offensive line is the most underrated, underappreciated position group in football. Anytime you can bolster that, I'm happy. When I was young, and even recently, 
the Rough Riders would just drive to Weyburn, get out of the truck, sign three guys who were throwing hay bales around in the field, and that would be their offensive line. I mean, that, that wasn't that long ago. They drafted Ben Heenan in whatever year that was, 2011 or 12, win a Grey Cup. I guess times are changing. Maybe you could bulk up. Would you would you play offensive lineman for Saskatchewan? Would that be a dream for you? Hey, listen, I would if I would do anything in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders organization. If they want me to play O line, I will I will start putting back the ice cream and olive oil and uh, <laughs> I will do what it takes to get on that offensive line. I'd rather be a DB, but if they need me there, I'm happy to help out the team. One day I'll tell you about the time that I was hired by a radio station in Regina and ended up working about three months a year for the Rough Riders, but being paid by the radio station. That's how much pull the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have in that community and that province. Okay, on the way, Jason Gregory in hour number two. We'll talk about the orders coming back, looking for 17, then 18, and then who knows, how high can they fly? We'll talk to Jason about that, and we'll tee up tomorrow night's game next right here. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your sports 1440 update, brought to you by Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. The hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts, and treatments were designed just for you. Book now at TommyGuns.com. The NHL returns tonight with the Islanders in Toronto against the Leafs and the Avs in New York against the Rangers. Puck job for both of those games at 5 p.m. The London Police Service press conference has now concluded. All questions related to details of the assault, who participated in the investigation, and anything else related to details of the case were given, quote, no comment, as they are now, quote, in front of the courts. Of note, all participants have been charged with one count of sexual assault, with the exception of Michael McLeod, who is facing two charges. Hockey Hall of Famer Lanny McDonald suffered cardiac arrest suffered a cardiac event on Sunday after returning from the NHL's All-Star Game in Toronto. The 7-year-old wrote in an Instagram post on the Calgary Flames alumni account that two nurses heading to their own flights at Calgary International Airport helped him when he was in distress and that he was hospitalized Monday receiving care from doctors. There are six games in the NBA today, including Dallas in Philadelphia. The Clippers are in Atlanta, Golden State is in Brooklyn, and the Toronto Raptors are in New Orleans tip-off for that one at 6 p.m. Shortstop Bobby Witt and the Kansas City Royals are in agreement on an 11-year, $288.8 million contract extension, which is a team record. It also includes a club option after the 11th season that would tack on three years and $89 million to the contract, giving it a 14-year, $377 million ceiling. And finally, the Edmonton Elks have signed American quarterback Caleb Ellaby, the club announced today. Ellaby played four seasons at Western Michigan University where he passed for 6,084 yards and 45 touchdowns in 24 career games with the Broncos. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.